Welcome to the Balance Bod Pod, where we talk about all things balancing life and health so you can have your cake and eat it too. Or your donuts or your pizza or whatever your thing is. But seriously, health is the greatest gift that we have and it does not have to come at the cost of enjoying the fun parts of life. So through the podcast, we're going to explore and experience for ourselves what balance truly looks like in our own lives. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Balanced Bod Pod. I'm Corinne Graustra, holistic health and behavior change coach, podcaster, blogger, all the things. And I am so excited to be back after a couple week break. Um, I was sick on the day I typically record. Um, and then the next day we left for vacation for 10 days. So it's been a hot minute since I was on here, but it's also been a crazy couple weeks here uh, in my life. I was going to say the Balanced Bod Pod, but not really, just my life. Um, I'm so excited to be back. I feel like January hit me hard and I blinked and it's over, which is crazy because January is usually like 90 days long. I don't know how it happens, but somehow January just lasts forever and ever and ever. So welcome to February. So excited that it is here and that we are moving one inch closer to spring every day. We're getting we're getting there. We're moving on our on our way. So I was doing some brainstorming on the flight. So we went to Vegas for a just a couple days for uh, a work conference that Garrison had and then we flew 40 minutes apparently is the the flight from from Vegas to LA so we flew to over to LA for a couple days and then we drove up to Running Springs just a few like about two hours inland if that's even how you say that from LA and stayed in a tiny house and I want to take a second and talk about this tiny house it's not sponsored although a girl can dream, right? Um, because I've talked about this before. So it's the getaway cabins. I, I talked about getaway. It was on the Shark Tank. The Shark Tank. It's a thing now. It was on Shark Tank. Um, we said a couple years ago, but we did our first getaway experience in 2017 in New Hampshire. And that was a total blast. We had a, an entire week um, there and it was incredible. So getaway, their whole mission is to have to place these tiny houses within two hours of a major city. So they're all over the country. You can check it out, getaway.com or no, it's getaway.house, um, which is kind of a fun address, but they place these strategically about two hours outside of a major city. And it's meant for like, so the one we went to was the Boston outpost. It was in New Hampshire because it was again within two hours, but it was technically the Boston outpost. So the reason they exist is if you live in Boston, but you don't have a place to go um, to like get away, you don't have a cabin. I know cabins are a really big deal here in Minnesota. Many people have a cabin, but if you don't really have somewhere else to go, this is meant to be that. So it's like a hundred bucks a night. It's very reasonably priced. And the whole intention is it's this, this tiny house. They don't tell you where it is. They don't tell you where you're going until a week before. And then they don't give you the actual address until I think two hours before or three hours before, like when you actually have to leave, um, which is kind of interesting. So don't quote me on all the stuff. This is all just from memory because we just did it. But it's really a cool opportunity to get away, <laughs> hence the name, but to also, they really push disconnection. So disconnecting from technology, from TV, from all the, just the electronics and the way that, that the technology kind of can suffocate our lives sometimes without us realizing it. I, I actually found that to be really true. The very first time that we went to, again, the Boston Outpost, which is in New Hampshire, we went for an entire week. We were newlyweds. A lot of <laughs> a lot of people we knew were like, ooh, good luck with that. And we didn't really know. We would live there. Like we're, I don't know, maybe crunchy like that. But we really, I love tiny houses. We love, like we would totally do that if that, if the opportunity presented itself. So we were really excited. We, I'm not scared of spending time with him um, alone without any technology because I don't know, he's a favorite person in the world. So I just wasn't a concern for us, but we spent an entire, an entire week. We put away our phone. We turned off the TV. Well, we didn't bring it with us because I don't know who travels with the TV. <laughs> that would be weird. But there's no Wi-Fi. There's nothing. There's a corded red phone on the wall if you have emergencies. And that's, there's not even mirrors. It's the coolest thing ever. Um, at first, without the mirrors, I was like, that's, maybe that's like a budget thing. Maybe they didn't, I mean, mirrors aren't cheap. So maybe they didn't want to pay for a mirror. But what it actually did for me was made me not obsess over the way they had to look. I didn't think about it. I mean, I'm there with my husband, so it's not a big deal. Uh, he'll love me even if my hair is greasy and I look like a, a crazy person, but it didn't matter. Like, I didn't think about it. I didn't look at myself in the mirror. I brought my makeup, but I didn't use it. Um, and it was just a really cool opportunity to get away from the typical 
day to day. And so that's where if you um, are wondering what we did, we played a lot of phase 10. I had calluses on my hands. If you ever played phase 10, the new decks are really thick and they hurt um, when you do play 1 million games in a row. <laughs> but it was just a blast. It's so much fun. So moral of the story, bringing it full circle. I've talked about that on the podcast before. We did that again for their LA Outpost, which was in Running Springs or, or Lake, Lake Arrowhead, if you're familiar with that area. Um, that, that was their Big Bear Outpost, which is, it's not in Big Bear, um, but that they kind of named it. They name it whatever's close by. So it's close to Big Bear. We didn't go to Big Bear, but if you watch my stories um, a couple days ago, well, probably an entire week ago at this point. Yeah. Because we flew in on Sunday. So you saw some of that. I disconnected for a couple of days. It was amazing. I will be doing a, a full blog post on that. So if you're curious, hang tight. I'll let you know when that's live. But just kind of getting back into daily life. And it was a very long, amazing vacation. But you know those times where you're kind of just ready to come home? That's how I felt. So feels good to be back into the normal routine, be back to podcasting. I'm so excited. So moral of of all of this, where this whole thing started, is that I was doing some some brainstorming on the plane, and I just was starting to think about what what do you guys want to hear? What what I guess I don't know. What do I imagine you guys want to hear? And so I just started to think, what do I get asked most often? And what do people when they see me and they hear that I do what I do? What do they say? Like, what are some things that they're like? Oh yeah, I do this. Or oh, have you heard? You know, what do you think about this? So I have a couple different things that are on the docket, but one of the things that I want to talk about today is Weight Watchers, and this is funny because. I haven't talked about Weight Watchers before, but I have some very strong feelings about Weight Watchers. So we are going to talk a little bit today about the pros, the cons, what it is for those of you who, of course, you've probably heard of Weight Watchers, which is now officially WW, okay? Um, but what it is, what the point is, why I love it or don't love it, um, and then some alternatives you can do to get the same outcome if you don't want to do Weight Watchers. So with that, I think we'll just jump into it. But if you guys have any requests, so let me let me actually take a second here. If you have any requests or you say, you know what, I'd love to hear what she thinks about this or I'd love to hear what she says about XYZ, that would be fantastic. I'm always looking for feedback, but I find that people don't often give it because they don't think like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a regular listener or I, I don't know. She's probably got a ton of ideas or somebody's already said that. I don't have anything. <laughs> I got nothing on the docket. So if there's something that you do want to hear about, um, if I can't like address, if it's a specialty, like how do you, I don't know, exercise for pregnancy, I'm not going to talk about it because that's not my specialty, but I will try to get somebody on the podcast or I will say, hey, thanks for your request. Is this something that I'm not, I, I'm not qualified to talk about? You guys know, hopefully at this point, I'm not going to talk about things that I don't know about because I have ethics and I just, I just can't do that. You know what I mean? Like some people will say like, oh yeah, I'll just BS my way through it. I can't do that. I can't do that because this means too much to me um, that you guys do this safely and you guys, uh, you know, have actually well-informed um, information and perspectives and ideas and things that are kind of tossed your way. So I won't do that, but I will absolutely do my research. I will absolutely speak to anything that I can, which is a lot. I can talk about a lot of different things. So if you have any requests, if you have any ideas, even if you are saying, well, I don't listen regularly or I don't really know if she's already talked about it. If you've already talked about it, I'll send you to that episode. So don't be shy. Don't hesitate because this is really, I'm doing this for you guys. I'm just, I'm here to give you the resources and the, the information. And I forget as somebody who's been doing this for five, six years that like I, I know a lot, but I forget that I, I, I forget what you know, what you don't know if that makes any sense. So I forget what people who are just starting or who are kind of in the middle, I forget what what some things are that you don't know that you are curious on. So ask your questions. I'm more than happy to talk about things. And I'm more than happy to talk about them more than once. Um, I did the repost over the holidays, which is not just a way for me to not, not record more. It's the fact that I already recorded some great podcasts that need to be listened to again. All of these podcasts can be listened to over and over and over again, whether you want to hear my voice that much or not, is that's up to you. But the information still stands. And I have people who I will say, go back through that. Like listen to everything like three to seven times. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's going to hit you differently every time you hear it. And especially if you've got a couple months between each time you listen, you're going to be a different person. You're going to be learning different things and at a different point in your journey every six months or every three months or a year. So it's going to be a little bit different. So I'm going to challenge you. If you're looking for more, go back and listen from episode one. 
listen to all of them again. By the time you get back to episode 50, I don't know what this is, 59, 50 something, <laughs> then you'll be able to like, it'll all be new and it'll be like a lot of months to listen to all the episodes. So without further ado, let's talk about Weight Watchers. So that felt like a really abrupt transition. We're going to talk about Weight Watchers. Deal? Deal. Okay. <laughs> so what Weight Watchers is, um, this came up because when people hear that I am a health coach and I work specifically, I specialize in weight loss and behavior change, they go, oh my gosh, I'm doing Weight Watchers. Or, oh my gosh, my friend was just, you know, just signed up with Weight Watchers. And the perception that people have is that it's a healthier alternative. And I will absolutely give you that. It is a much healthier alternative than keto or than a crash diet where you're drinking celery juice. Or if you guys watch The Office, uh, we just watched the episode again where Kelly's like faint, like passing out at her desk because she's doing the cayenne juice, lemon pepper or lemon, um, lemonade and something else those weird drinks where all you do is drink juice. Don't do that. (laughs) So Weight Watchers is absolutely a better alternative to that. But I do want to talk a little bit about the downsides and the upsides and the alternatives to that. So like, what are you actually doing when you're signing up for Weight Watchers? Because it feels like a healthy alternative. It's a really popular way of weight loss. But does it work? Does it help you long term? Do you actually get anything out of the program that you can use for the rest of your life? So let's talk about what it is. Um, Weight Watchers is a way of calorie reduction, but they don't talk about calories. They have their own point system. So each day you get an, you get X amount of points and just like calories, that's yours to, that's yours to kind of spend as you will. Every food has a point value. Sometimes it's zero, sometimes it's nine or 15 or whatever. So how you want to arrange that is up to you. Um, but essentially you just fill your points as you please. And that's, that's it. That's the thing. Um, so it's fairly straightforward. However, I'm gonna talk about the point system for a minute, because this is one of the things that is a, a big gripe that I have with Weight Watchers. Do I, um, I will talk about whether I recommend it or not at the end, but I will just say that I don't love it. We'll just kind of start on the, on the, on that, uh, note, just to give you guys some heads up of like, where am I coming from and, and why? Okay. So point system. There is, so I've done a lot of research on Weight Watchers and what makes up the point value. There is, it's it's proprietary on how they decide what the point value is. So they do not, they do not tell you. So they, it's not like a, it's, it's not a calculation. It's not something repeatable and, and objective for all foods. It is subjective and it's dependent on what they want it to be. So with that said, you're going to find that sometimes white bread is one point or five points or whatever, where whole grain bread is 13 points, which whole grain bread is much better for you. You're going to feel better. It's going to be better for your blood sugar. Literally everything is better. But if it's a Weight Watchers branded item, it's typically lower in points. You feel me? So that's one of the big things that I don't love is that over overall, it tends to promote healthier healthier options, but there's no standard and there's nothing that they published that says this is why we have these points, which as, as somebody who really values transparency, that bothers me because I don't know why you decided that this is two points and this is 12 points. And some of the things that are healthy for you can be really high in points and not just that they're high in, it, it doesn't always make sense, like it's not oh, it's nuts that are high in calories, but they're healthy for you. So they're high in points. It's not always like a, an obvious answer like that. Like for example, the whole grain bread, it's not, I don't know that it's any higher in calories or it's maybe marginally higher in calories, but it's significantly higher in points. So what's the deal, right? So there doesn't really seem to be a rhyme or reason in that way. Um, and then there's incontinuity with, if that's a word, um, between the healthiness and the point value, like I had mentioned. So that is something that I think is my major gripe with, well, one of them, uh, with the point system, but the inherent problem with points itself. So I want to talk about this. This is an amazing marketing thing that they did. Kudos to the Weight Watchers or WW marketing team because they killed it in this, in this area. Nothing else in the entire world is measured in points. Nothing else in the entire world is measured in points. Everything else aside from Weight Watchers, is measured in calories. Doesn't matter what country you go to, what food you're looking at, everything is measured in calories. So what Weight Watchers has done is they say, well, we need we need a way to stand out. So let's do points. Let's make everything, let's measure everything in points. And what this does is I will have people who will come to me to, to lose weight after years and years of Weight Watchers. And they will say, well, calories are so frustrating. Like, I just don't know how many calories something is off the top of my head. But I know that this is nine points and this is 14 points and this is 15 points. And they just kind like 
couple things. <laughs> I've got so much in my brain. It doesn't prepare you for life after Weight Watchers because nobody else uses points. That's like paying for something. Like that's like in a, let me see if I can use a good example. That's like getting paid for some, that's like using, okay, let's try this again. That's like using Monopoly money in college to pay for everything. And what are you going to do with your Monopoly money after college? You don't know how to function in the real world because all you're used to is Monopoly money, which means nothing to anybody ever. That was a good example. I like it. Um, <laughs> so that's, I mean, that to me is the equivalent. It's not preparing you for anything. All you know how to do is speak the Weight Watchers language, which again is branded and you pay for it because everything that they've done to make it easy for you to do is they've branded all of their food they've created packaged processed franken food and not all of it some of it's great for you know some of it's fine but they've created processed food that is quote-unquote easy but it's not but it's gonna be low on points but it's not necessarily healthy so again the points value is problematic for two reasons one it doesn't teach you anything and it cannot be translated can't be translated outside of Weight Watchers in the Weight Watchers language but then also you don't all you know how to do is see food in points. So you don't necessarily see it for its healthiness. It doesn't teach you anything about the food. It just gives it a point value. So if you're looking at calories and macronutrients, you can see, okay, so this apple is 90 calories. It's 25 grams of carbs, maybe one or two grams of protein, no grams of fat, zero grams of fat. Great. I know that this is a higher carb. This is going to give me, this food is going to give me energy. It's not just 90 calories, which um, calorie count, strictly calorie counting does the same thing. It just, you just see food as numbers, but I'm advocating for us to look beyond that. So I will kind of let that stand as it is with just the fact, like all you know how to do is see food and points, points and food. Yes. Either or. <laughs> but then also, like I said, they don't know how to transition. Like it's re it's a really big system shock because people have spent years sometimes of their lives learning the point system and you have a book and you can't, and I remember my mom doing this when I was younger, she'd have a book and you have to cross-reference everything to this book to see like what is this many, like how many points is an apple? I don't know. And you don't get to know unless you, I guess you could probably Google it, but usually you have to have their tracker. And if you use their branded tracker only to be successful and you have to pay a significant amount of money to not only use a tracker, but be part of the program. And it just, it's, it's a great marketing ploy, but it is a business and they've done really well at getting you in. If you want to participate, okay, we've got to come to the meetings and you got to get the app and you have to speak our language and you have to weigh in in front of many people, which is a, a problem in and of itself. We're not going to talk about that today. Um, that for some people is not a big deal. For some people, it is a big deal. I guess we'll talk about it for a hot second. Um, weighing in with all your clothes at the end of the day is absolutely the most inaccurate way, way to weigh yourself, period. So the only time a weight is valid is if it is on your scale or the same scale where you are naked with after you've gone to the bathroom with nothing in your stomach. Everything else is just a random number. And so there's a lot of like public shaming that can happen if you don't lose weight or like it just, I don't know, it's not a recipe for a, I see a lot of flaws. Okay, moving on. Um, then, okay, so now, so what they've done in the last couple of years is they've, they've unveiled a, their new plan, which has people actually up in the air, right? People don't like this new version of the plan, what it's done. So let's say you are a female, you're like, 50 years old, you're a female, you're trying to lose weight. So you go on this weight watchers plan, you're going to get like, I think the minimum is 21 points. So let's say you have 21 points as your point value. Well, on the old plan, you'd maybe have 27 or 28. So they've downgraded the points and they've added zero point foods to the new plan. So before you'd get every food assigned a point value, it was one through whatever. Um, and that was that was what you had for the week, and that actually was fairly successful, right? It's it's just calorie counting, right? <laughs> at its at the core, that's exactly what that is. That's I've got a specific amount. I'm gonna stick to that amount. It's the same thing you do if you count your calories. Same same. Um, but now what they've done is they've taken they've lowered the points to accommodate for the zero point foods that you're gonna eat because all foods still have calories. So zero point foods, you can have eggs as a zero point food. That's 70 calories per egg. That if you're having two or three or four a day. That's 300 calories that you've just eaten that you haven't accounted for. So what they did is they lowered the point value. So now people not only are hungry all the time, but they're binging on these zero point foods and they're not losing weight 
So there's the weight loss problem is that people who were who were previously maintaining their weight with their plan now on the Weight Watchers, I think it was 2.0, um, they ended up having a harder time maintaining their weight or they started to gain weight because again, they were eating more food because all food has calories, whether it's got points or no points. Um, they had meant for those to not be taken advantage of. But again, how, like how do you measure that? How does, what, what does don't abuse that? mean it's right it's gonna be different for everybody so they tried to create more freedom where in that they actually had a problem with the weight loss <laughs> and again there's no zero calorie foods there's no reverse like negative calorie foods that are that that take more to burn than they do to eat it just doesn't it all food has calories everything has calories um some like some liquids and stuff don't have calories, but all food, everything you consume has calories, even if it's minimal calories. But you got to account for that. You have to pay attention to that. So chicken, I think chicken was a zero point food. Well, if you have a chicken breast, and a five ounce chicken breast, it's a couple hundred calories. It's 200 calories or something like that. I don't know that one right off the top of my head like I do for the others, but it's protein. It's really great for you. But imagine how easily that can get out of hand. So the weight loss problem itself was um, something that people are, are really frustrated about on this new version of the plan because they're not losing weight by following the plan like they were. Um, not that they aren't losing weight ever, uh, but it might not be the same. Again, it doesn't teach you anything. This is the this is when you ask me if something works or doesn't work, I ask you what your goal is. And I always add on there that it should teach you something. You should be, you should come away knowing more about yourself, about your body, about the process than you did before. And hopefully about food and how it makes you feel and all that stuff than you did before doing that thing. If it doesn't teach you anything, it is absolutely a waste of time, in my opinion, just because it's not why are you doing it? You could spend that you could spend that same amount of time and energy actually learning something that's going to take you it's going this is going to last you the rest of your life, right? I'm going to know the calorie information and the macronutrients of stuff and I'm going that knowledge is going to stick with me forever because I know that knowledge because I spent the time learning that. So it just it's there's pros, we'll talk about the pros in a couple minutes, but again, it just at the end of the day is a lot of effort for not a lot of gain long-term gain. You're going to get the weight loss, but you're not going to get the long-term knowledge and understanding of things. Um, you really just eat, you really just learn like you do with counting calories, but you really just, all you learn is how to eat food that are low in points or no points. You snack on zero point foods all day uh, and end up not losing weight. So the other thing is that it it also, like I mentioned with the macros, it takes the nutritional value out of food and instead just becomes about the numbers. And again, like I said, this can happen with calories as well. I don't advocate that we just instead count calories because that, that's not the whole picture either. Um, but I want to I want to do a special note here because how many of us are actually get really obsessed with the numbers, the number on the scale, the number of calories we're having, the number of carbs we're having, their grams of carbs. The numbers can be really triggering for a lot of us. And if that's something that is, is triggering for you, that might be a big thing to consider before trying Weight Watchers or trying anything that is numbers-based. Um, and again, that's that's with a wide variety of things. Um, so intuitive eating might be a, a better solution for you in that situation. But know yourself. And if that's a trigger for you, understand that and, and plan for that as you are just considering other other options. And especially if you are somebody who struggles with an eating disorder, this is not for you. Counting calories is not for you. Counting carbs or protein or macros, none of that is for you. Counting anything is not going to be your jam if you have an eating disorder or have had an eating disorder and still tend to fall into some of the, the unhealthy mental patterns. The other thing, like I said earlier, it encourages their their food and their like processed packaged foods. Anytime somebody stands to gain from your nutritional choices, I have a problem with it immediately. As soon as somebody is selling you something and tells you how great their products are and you should have them or incentivizes you in some way by making it low points um, to have that food or to buy their stuff, I just have a hard time with it. Not everybody's going to be a snake, but I think a lot of times they're telling you something that's not going to be healthy for you. Or what we see, so like I said, my mom was, my mom did Weight Watchers as I was growing up, which I'm sure almost everybody did. It was very popular. But what we would get is she would have like her snack cupboard and we would have ours, which is full of actual junk food and hers would be like the Weight Watcher snack cakes. And so I know this first, I know how this feels firsthand, but I've also heard a lot of clients who will say, well, I've I got the healthier Weight Watchers snack cakes or the diet snack cakes where they're, it's like two points per cake. Well, there's no fat in it. 
So it's not what you're going, it, it's all carbs, which means carbs are fine, but it means it's all sugar, number one. And number two, it's not going to satisfy you. You're going to want more in five minutes when that burns off because it's a tiny little snack cake. That's exactly what happened. So I found myself, and I've heard this again from many clients, I would have four of them. They're still like 100 calories each, (laughs) even if they're two points. So I would end up eating significantly more of the diet cake and still feeling unfulfilled than if I would have just had like a regular actual piece of cake. So that's the other thing too, is a lot of the foods are unsatisfying. They're going to leave you hungry because they're low calorie, low points, low whatever. Um, And they're meant as kind of diet foods. So be aware of that as well. Is it just because it's low calorie doesn't mean it's going to be satisfying. And usually if it's low calorie, it's not going to be satisfying. Doesn't mean, so let me, let me give you an example. So one of the things that I have when I'm just kind of in a pinch, I'm working a lot, or I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't plan for for lunches or something, is we will get, I think it's Healthy Choice Frozen Steamers. Don't quote me on that, but they're they're a Target. It's a white box with a green logo. And basically what they have is it's, you know, it's like higher protein. Um, It's like a protein and a vegetable usually. And it's maybe 200 calories. So one that I get that I like a lot is a chicken stir fry. Um, And that is, I think, 200 calories. If I eat that by itself, I'm hungry in an hour. But if I pair that with an apple and maybe a sparkling water and I don't know, some crackers or something like that tends to fill me up more. So please feel free to pair some of these lower calorie options just because because that says it's a serving doesn't mean that's all you have to eat. So as a side note there, it's important to know. You guys make the rules. Like I can't, I can't shout it like loud enough and, and fast enough and far enough. You decide how much you eat. Who cares if the label says one? serving if that's if you don't feel satisfied on a serving eat eat a serving and a half eat a serving and a quarter serving in three quarters two servings whatever because you're the only one who knows how that makes you feel and you're the only one who gets to decide when you stop eating and what you eat right so okay going back to things new points values are based on again we talked about that they're lower and so they're based on they've always been based on height and weight what they don't take into consideration is and literally anything else <laughs> dieting history metabolism activity level none of that i don't think maybe potentially activity level is is calculated in but i don't think so um and dieting history, metabolism, that's so important. As a coach and as a health coach, I take all of that into consideration because all that's going to matter when we're looking at where should my calories be? What am I doing? Like where where do I start so that I don't starve myself and hate the process, but also so that I don't wreck my metabolism even more and and plummet it if I don't need to. Because a lot of times we can actually eat more than we realize because our metabolisms are healthier than we thought. Um, so most people, many people are under eating, but that's a that's a conversation for a different day. But so again, I, it can be hard to determine di- metabolism and based off of dieting history, especially when you're looking at a mass produced program, but the points values are ridiculously low, low to account for some of the zero point foods that you're having. And so what this means is that they're erring on the side of the lowest calories or or points possible and assuming that you're not going to follow their recommendations to take it easy on the zero point foods or assuming that you're going to go into it binge on the zero point foods and hopefully land somewhere in the middle so let's just in terms of accuracy for weight loss purposes super inaccurate you're going to give me a super low calorie level so I'm starving so now I'm going to I'm going to binge on these zero point foods that are definitely calories three four five hundred calories if I want to it's all free, feels free, right? It's quote unquote free. Um, so now my calories are not the same every day and I'm probably eating more because I don't have a solid level to stay on. Weight loss wise, that's a disaster. It's not going to lead you the consistent results you're looking for if you are indeed binging on this. And if your calories are so low that you can't just have your, let's say 21 points a day, it's very, that's super low. That's the minimum. Um, it might be 24. I don't know for sure. But again, either way, it's very low, not that many points. And that's not a lot of calories. I actually, so I had a client um, who was over six feet tall and 300 plus pounds when he started WW or Weight Watchers. And they gave him the equivalent. So I, let me tell you, I would give him the equivalent. So he's 300 plus pounds. The heavier you are, the higher 
your metabolism because the more calories you have to burn, your body has to burn to just do the daily thing. So walking to the mailbox takes more calories or energy. Uh, waking up, going to the bathroom, doing like anything that you're going to do is going to take more because you're larger and it's going to just take more energy to move yourself around throughout the day, right? So s- not only is he six feet, over six feet tall, but he was, th- I think he was like 330 pounds when he started, which is, I'm so proud of him for doing this. He's an incredible client. Um, probably been my favorite so far, but he started this. So I would put him on no, absolutely no less than I'd say 24 to three, like 2,400 to 3,000 calories, depending on his activity. And he was exercising almost like eight to eight to a thousand, 800 to a thousand calories a day. Like he was, he was killing it in the gym. He was really working hard. He's really serious about this. So I would give him probably 3,000 calories a day, honestly for weight loss because he's burning so many more because his metabolism itself is like 2,500 plus or or 2,800 on top of that with all the calories he's burning through exercise. You don't want to go too fast because that your body adapts to that. But again, I'd put him probably close to 3,000 calories depending. Um, we tracked it. So he lost on Weight Watchers 50 pounds in like three months a crazy amount of weight that is not safe, that is not healthy. Half a pound to two pounds a week puts you at about 30 pounds. Um, and he was losing, I think he almost lost 60 pounds. I can't quite remember. This is about a year and a half ago now. Um, but he lost a lot, a lot of weight really fast. And we looked at his calories. So he plateaued, shocking. Um, all of us do it. But again, I wasn't surprised to see it was a really hard plateau for him. And I wasn't surprised to see that after he ended up um, like losing so much so fast. So we did the math. And I had him track his food on Weight Watchers for his points. And I also had him track his food just at a regular app to know the calories. The equivalent was 1,400 without factoring in exercise, which again, about eight, 800 to 1,000 calories. So he was really netting like 400, 500 calories a day. That is absolutely the most inappropriate number for him. No man should be eating 1,400 calories, much less a man who's 330 pounds. That's absolutely ridiculous and not safe in any way, shape, or form. A doctor probably wouldn't even do that. And doctors are not trained in weight loss. They will give you all the fad diet information and they will tell you to do keto and just cut your carbs and you'll be fine, right? So absolutely not safe. But again, they're not trained. And the the coaches that they have, so you go to these meetings, or I guess you don't have to now, but if you go to the meetings, you see a coach who runs the meeting. The qualifications to be a coach are that you've had to go through the program and become a lifetime member. So you hit your 50 pounds down or whatever it is, and you maintain it. That's the qualification. You don't have to know anything about health or weight loss or safe weight loss or how to help somebody on a plateau. You just lead the meetings and you get to call yourself coach, um, which is the frustrate as a, as a coach with credentials and who takes this very seriously. I'm so happy that people want to help other people because that's where it comes from. It's very genuine. I'm disappointed in Weight Watchers as a company that they will allow their quote unquote coaches, right? To call themselves coaches, um, without having any training that is ethically, uh, unfortunate in my opinion, just because again, it's, you're telling somebody that they're getting the, the help of a coach who this this client had no he had no help like this is his his coach just kept taking more calories away which is not the answer in this sort of situation this ended up being a really big thing um, that took him I don't know an entire year to fix and he's moving in the right direction now but is still not where he was. He had ended up gaining a lot of weight because his body was very confused on what's happening. He had some allergy stuff that was a thing. And so his body was just tapped out. He said, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm not losing weight right now. I'm going to gain weight because I'm stressed and I'm freaking out and I don't know what's going on. And it was a, a bad situation. And that is something that can, so that seems like a case study. It's really not. That's something that can happen. And I've seen it over and over and over again with people who cut down their calories and they plateau and they just think, well, like, what next? <laughs> Where do I go from here? And that's really common, right? Plateaus are going to happen regardless of who you are, what's going on. But Man, man, oh man, that was really, really, really tough um, to watch that and to see, because here's the other thing as a health coach, and if you're a health coach listening, you can relate, it's really difficult. The, the most difficult time to, to talk to somebody about changing the way that they're doing things into a more healthy pattern is when they're seeing quote unquote success with their unhealthy way. 
I had a client who um, came to me. He was in a group. So he he was in a group class, uh, but he wasn't he was losing weight quickly. He was very large. So sometimes if you're, if you're over 300 pounds, I don't blink if you lose more than two pounds a week right away. Like if you're doing something that's a little bit different than you, than you did when you started, you're going to lose weight a little bit more quickly. That's okay. That doesn't bother me. It's not necessarily unhealthy. Um, just cause you have a little bit more weight to lose. It does tend to come off a little more quickly to start, but, um, he was in my group program and he was, he had, he hadn't logged his weight for a little while. And so when he logged his weight again, he lost 50 pounds in like three months. And I said, wow, let's talk about this. What's going on? And he said, oh, I'm doing keto. And I was like, oh, because how, when the best time to talk to somebody about keto or when the, let's talk about the worst time to tell somebody that keto is not sustainable and that you care about their weight loss is not when they've just lost 50 pounds. They are all ketoed out. They're going to say, I love it. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. Of course, it's going to be different. Yes, I can sustain it. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to keep it off, right? He gained all the way back, as you do. Um, But that's, it's really hard to talk to somebody about making a change when they feel like what they're doing right now is being successful. And it just breaks my heart. It's so hard to see because I know the cycle. They're all the same. I don't care how much willpower you have. It's not endless, You don't have perfect willpower and self-control and determination. It just doesn't exist. You're not not a robot. You're not a weight loss robot. And so there will come a time, not if or not maybe, absolutely will. So when the time comes um, and you have a, a bad day, you're stressed, you go back to an old habit, it just snowballs from there. And so as a coach, it's just, it breaks my heart. It's really hard to see. And all you end up being able to do in that situation is wait for them to to go through the process, to hit rock bottom and to say, I think I need help. And that's so painful. I think that's the hardest part of my job is just because when we, when we're riding the high of weight loss, even unsustainable weight loss, it feels really, really good, really good. And we think this time is going to be different for some reason, um, which is not your fault. It's just, it's how we're wired. We tend to think that, oh, this one is, this time is different because I'm going to try harder or I'm going to be better. I'm going to do something that I didn't do before. Like, never go to eat again with my friends. And then we make promises we can't keep because we're happy. Um, just like when you're when you're ecstatic, you shouldn't make promises you can't keep. And when you're angry, you shouldn't make promises you can't keep or, or down. It's the same thing there. So that was just a little side note. But it's, it's really hard in that situation because all you can do is watch as somebody goes through this and struggles and you just got to wait for them to come out of it and climb out of it. And then here we are. So The moral of this story, of all of this Weight Watchers information so far, we're not done, um, but is, it is physically impossible, physically impossible for a one size all, one size fits all program to work. It, it, it just can't. We are so different. Bio-individuality is the one thing that we know to be true across all circumstances, to be, to be the same across all age groups and races and calorie levels and um, exercise levels and, and all that stuff. Bio-individuality, the only thing that we know to be true that we can say is constant across people and diets and things is that every single person is different and that something different works different for every single person, period. So one size fits all is going to work for like 1% of the population, for each diet, great. You've probably all found or, or style of eating or whatever you want to call it. You probably found a home for a lot of people who feel great, right? There, You probably know somebody who loves eating plant-based and who feels great uh, when they're paleo and who loves having low fat and eating high carb or intermittent fasting or whatever. That's great. Um, but a one size fits all, the odds that it's going to fit you are so stacked against you because you just got to find what works for you. We have to ditch all the actual plans, the one size fits all programs, and we have to find what works for you. That is that is literally my mission as a human being is to help you find what works for you and to help you just ditch the idea that you need another program to feel like you just got to find, you just haven't found the right program yet. You just got to keep tr- keep trying, keep working on your self-control, keep working on your will, but like that's just not, that's not the answer. There's so much power in knowing your own numbers and what to do with them. 
so that you can make the most educated choices for yourself and take the best care of your body as possible. That is ultimately what I'm an advocate for is understanding your own body so that you do not have to rely on me. You don't have to rely on anybody, any products, any programs, anything in order to be successful because you know it works for you. Yeah. That's, so that's, if you're new here, if you're just listening, thinking why is she bashing Weight Watchers all day um, for th- <laughs> 40 minutes, um, this has been a quick episode. Wow, it's gone really fast. I blinked and 40 minutes was gone. Um, it's because it, I don't have anything against Weight Watchers. Specific, well, I guess I'm frustrated with it. But as a Weight Watchers to me is not any different than anything else. It's all the same. It's just a program. And that's not what I know is is best for you in the long run. You can try it. You can see how you feel. But again, you're gambling with the fact that you're going to take yourself farther away from your goal, that you're going to end up losing weight that you can't sustain and that you're keeping off for five seconds and it slowly creeps up and you end up feeling more defeated because you feel like there's something wrong with you because you saw Weight Watchers work for so-and-so and why isn't it working for you? And what's wrong with you? And why can't you just have a diet that works or keep this weight off? And maybe it's just a genetic thing. Maybe I'm just genetically meant to be bigger. You are not. That is, no, you're not. The diet industry and the diet culture has brainwashed you to thinking that you need to just try harder and do more. And that is absolutely not the case. You should not have to build your life around your diet. Your diet should build itself around your life. The things you like to do, the things that you enjoy, that taste good to you, that feel good to you, that make you feel your best, that give you the best sleep and energy and focus. That is what you should be eating and doing. It shouldn't be the other way around. You've got so much more to offer the world than to just sit down and think about what you're going to eat for your next meal. I know us foodies and people who like food and who love to eat will always... It's kind of like a badge of honor, right? Like, oh, I love food. But you don't have to love it so much that it takes control of your life. Because to me, that's obsessive. That's not, I like food. That's, I'm obsessive about what I'm eating, which many of us are. I've been, I have been very convicted on that in the last year. Um, That in the name of health and doing what's best for my body, right? That I became obsessed with what I was going to eat. I started to think about what's my next meal going to look like? What what am I going to have for a snack tonight at 11 a.m. when I'm thinking about it. It's just like it can become so all-consuming and that's that's the opposite of what we're looking for, right? So that's that's my that's my view and that's where I'm coming from. So let's talk about some positives because I did just talk for 40 minutes about what the negatives are about Weight Watchers. The positives are that it gets you to think and be mindful of what you're taking in. You're tracking your food, you're paying attention to what you're eating, and so it gets you to be mindful of it. You might, by tracking your food, start to notice what makes you feel um, full and satiated and what doesn't. So if you eat an apple by itself, you might notice, oh, that doesn't last me very long. But if you eat an apple with peanut butter or nut butter, you might find it lasts you a little bit longer, right? Those food pairings, carbs, fats, and proteins. Um, but it's not guaranteed because they don't. there's no education. They don't speak on it. Um, and I guess you get the, yeah, you get the partial value of tracking. So the other value of tracking, number one, is that it, it you're paying attention to what's going on into your body. You're being more mindful, um, but also that you're able to see the food value. So when you're looking at, if you're tracking, let's say you're tracking my fitness pal, you can look at the food and know what the, the carbs, fats, proteins, the macronutrients, the micronutrients, if you want to get that detailed, you can see all of that. Um, again, it's probably not in there for every single food, but more, you can absolutely see the macronutrients. So you start to notice if you look back and you say, okay, I've been feeling really sluggish the last couple weeks. What's going on with my nutrition? And you can look at the last couple weeks analysis and you can say, well, my carbs have been really low. Oh, or my fat, like I haven't been, I've been having a lot of brain fog. Oh, I've been eating low fat. Well, that might not be unintentionally, but that might not be the best option for me because I'm just really not feeling my best. And when you have the information, when you're tracking food, number one, just using a system that is widely used. It's not just a separate language. It's not your monopoly money at college. And then you show up to the real world and go, "Uh, I don't know how to do this. Um, I know that pencils cost X amount in monopoly money, but I don't know how to, how to navigate what, what is it really cost in real life in, in dollars. (laughs) Um, And so you, when when you're tracking, let's say my fitness pal again, um, you get the value of that. When you're tracking on, on Weight Watchers, you get par- the partial value of tracking. You, you are able to see how many points foods are and, and you start to get a feel for what potentially makes you feel good and what doesn't. Um, 
So those are some positives. Is it, it does get you thinking. It gets you mindful, which is the positives of all the diets is you just, well, except for keto, because <laughs> you, you just are mindful of what you're taking in. You're intentional. Typically, most diets will have you eating more fruits and vegetables, eating less processed packaged foods. I don't know that I can say that for Weight Watchers um, since they do sell so many foods um, that are convenience foods, but I've, I've never done it, so I don't know for sure. That's one of the few that I haven't done, <laughs> but I want to talk more uh, about other ways to get the same outcome. So if you are somebody who's looking to lose weight and you've heard some friends who have had success with Weight Watchers or saying, okay, I, I've done it before, but how do I get the same value than the weight loss, if you will, um, without some of the negatives that come with it? Number one is talk to a professional who's worked with many people in your situations. I specialize in weight loss and there's lots of people that do. Um, if you are looking, so there's always a budget concern. I'm fully aware of that, that that might not be realistic for everybody. But hear me out on this, because if you're doing isogenics and you're paying $200 to have all your supplements for the month, is that actually less expensive than taking a one-time one consultation or having two sessions a month or three sessions a month or even for depending on the on the, the coach, four sessions a month. Um, is that really cheaper? No, probably not. Especially when you think about it as an investment as well. Like I will... I see therapy as a, as a great uh, example with this is it's yes, you're paying to talk to somebody, but you're also you're investing in yourself, you're investing in your future health, because hopefully, you're not just going to therapy to, to have somebody to vent to like you would to a friend, but they're helping you solve your problems, you're working through it. So that when you're done with therapy, and you've paid all this money, which therapy is extremely expensive, as we know, um, you are better off than when you went in as opposed to let's say if you were just doing isogenics, um, you don't know anything else. You just have done a couple detoxes. You've taken all these supplements and you're not really any farther forward. Um, you're usually farther back, right? So yes, there's investment, but I would challenge because a lot of diets do have a fairly significant investment. Is it actually less expensive? Think about the opportunity cost. Think about the health cost. Think about how much farther it gets you from your long-term goal. Add that all in with the, with the, cost as you're kind of calculating that out but talk to a professional sometimes all you need so if you were to take if you were to do a session with me there's not something that I currently offer but I guess if you're interested hit me up <laughs> um but if you were to do a session with me and you say you know what I just want to do one session I want it to be let's say two hours you tell me everything you need to know let's do the marathon session I'll pay you three four hundred bucks whatever and we can just tell me what I need to do I don't need to talk to you regularly, but I need to I, I need to know what my next steps should be. We could absolutely go through that and create a plan for you that is dictated by you based on what you like and what feels good to you and has many alternatives to saying, okay, if this doesn't work, try this. And if you don't like this, swap this in and see, you know, for this week, you're going to try high carb to see what that feels like. And then the next week, you're going to try low carb to see what that feels like. And you're going to try eating early. You're going to try eating late. You're going to try all these things because this is what you need to do to, to narrow down what works for you. That is what that would look like. So I'm sure there's probably people that offer it. I would be more than happy to do that if you guys are interested. I'm always, um, again, looking to just serve you guys as best as possible. So whatever you want is what I'm absolutely down to, to consider. Um, but talk to a professional who's worked. So here's the caveat, who's worked with people who are in your shoes and who has the philosophy that aligns with your long-term goal. So there are many weight loss coaches that are going to sell you something and send you on your way. They're going to tell you the quick fixes. They're going to tell you to, oh, you got to go plant-based. You got to do this. You got to do that. I don't believe that that is actually going to be helpful for you because what they're going to do. So let me let me scale it back a second. And I want to talk a little bit about why I chose the school I did. I know this seems random, but I, I will tell you this in a second. So I went to the in Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I looked at many schools. I looked at master's degree programs. I looked at all sorts of different programs in holistic health coaching for things that would offer me the best advantage and the best um, to provide the best services. So I chose integrative nutrition, wasn't the most expensive, it wasn't the most um, like credential based, meaning I, I don't get the most credentials at the end of it. I, I love school. So I eventually will probably have a PhD in something. But the reason that I chose what I did is because number one, what a traditional program like a nutrition program is going to teach you is the food pyramid, which is um, based on the government. And there's lots of, of things at play there um, that influence what the 
government recommends on the the food pyramid or now it's the my plate. Um, so I didn't want to go that way. I did want to go a more holistic route because I do think that there's so much value in things that we don't yet agree. Um, that like the scientific community doesn't yet agree matter. And I, I just don't buy that. I think there's a lot of things that we're not looking at that absolutely matter that will, uh, once they're researched a little bit more thoroughly, show a lot of benefit. Um, and so I wanted to be open to that and, and be open-minded for that. Um, but then I was looking at, so with holistic programs, you get a couple options. You get ones that are paleo-based where you learn everything about paleo and how to push paleo um, or low-carb protocols or autoimmune protocols. And I just didn't, I didn't sit well with me. I was debating between IAN and a school I went to and a, another program that was focused on, yeah, focused on the paleo kind of protocol. And once I realized it was only paleo, they teach you all the scientific background of it and all that stuff. I went, great. I don't want that. I want a full bodied knowledge of what is out there and what is available to me. And that's exactly what I am provided. IAN does not take a stance on diets they give you all the information and let you make your own decision which is exactly what I want to do um, and I also want to help you create your own perfect thing so that is what I would recommend if you're working with somebody um, that they are unbiased that they are not a proponent of low carb or keto or paleo or plant-based or any they don't have a specific vested interest and many people who went to IIN come out and they have a vested interest so I'm not saying that necessarily you need to work with somebody from IIN um, I just really challenge you to work with somebody who doesn't have a vested interest and doesn't think that one is better than the other because what you're going to get is you're going to get all the information or all the quote-unquote research based behind that thing but all of the diets have the same research that is the biggest thing that I learned in school everything's the same and when everything has research that it works, what value is that to me? I don't care. I don't care what the what the history of that is because if it makes me feel like crap, I'm not going to do it. That doesn't that's not the thing for me. And if that's all I can as a as a coach, if all I can speak to is paleo and that's not right for you, I'm going to be putting a round hole in a square peg, but flip that. <laughs> a round peg in a square hole, but I'm also going to be pushing something that isn't right for you because that's what I know. And so when you're looking for a practitioner, this got really long, I apologize. But when you're looking for a practitioner, really challenge yourself to look beyond people that have just had the experience that is limited in scope. That makes sense. So number two, um, other ways to get the same outcome. So if you don't want to hire somebody or if that's not within your budget or you're really saying, you know what, I don't know, I, I'm not convinced yet, know your own numbers. The only, the uh, the absolutely best way to get the same outcome meeting weight loss except for a better outcome because it sticks is to know your own numbers know your numbers understand what they do for you and how you feel with your numbers this is not absolutely necessary but it is extremely helpful so if you're somebody who is triggered by numbers it's not going to be helpful for you but if at all you can stand your numbers i really challenge you even if you don't want to track for the rest of your life which i don't recommend anyways even if you don't love numbers, if you know your numbers and you can understand them, that is the baseline for intuitive eating. That is the baseline for a successful weight loss, long-term mindful weight loss situation without tracking. It got you have it, it has to, again, in instances where eating disorders are you're not triggered by numbers, um, eating disorders were not present or you're not triggered by numbers. Barring that, you really should know your numbers, <laughs> just to be really frank with you. So if you have a, so, okay, so what does knowing your numbers mean? If you have a fitness watch with a heart rate monitor, it's going to give you a total daily calorie burn. Look at this over the course of a week and average out how many calories you're burning each day, both with exercise and without. So this is really important. If you don't have one, I do recommend if you like to know this information, grab one. Get a Fitbit, get a, an Apple Watch, um, whatever you want to do. It doesn't have to be new. It doesn't have to be fancy, but something that measures your heart rate and will give you the total daily calories burned. That's really what we're looking for. Um, this is the only way. So so they're not 100% accurate. There's We don't have anything to say that that's 100% accurate, but what, what it gives you, what I get from this information when a client says, here's how many calories I burned Monday through Friday. On these days I exercised, on these days I didn't. It gives me a, a general understanding of where their metabolism is. That's where I know how to start calories. If you walk up to me and you say, I'm 5'10", 
200 pounds. I don't know where to set your calories. I have no idea. I don't know how active you are. I don't know if you've, if you've crash dieted for your whole life, your metabolism is going to be fairly low. If you haven't, you might be higher if you're, right? Like it's just so different based on the person. So this is how you can know your numbers. You absolutely do not have to get one of these, but I do, if, if you're in the market, if you can find a hand-me-down, whatever, I do encourage it because it's going to give you an understanding of your just of your numbers. It's not a perfect science, but I don't really know how else to do it otherwise because there isn't another way to kind of measure how many calories you're truly burning. You can use an algorithm, but again, that doesn't take into consideration any of your personal history, which is what will happen when you get an output on your Apple Watch. It just is. like That's what it is. Um, and so we start close to that and we pay attention. We, we kind of take that as our baseline. So then we can adjust based on that ultimate source of truth, which isn't perfect, but it's as close as we can get. Um, so if you know that, you, let, as an example, if you know you're working out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday is a rest day, figure out the difference in daily calorie burn. So it might look like this. Exercise days, calorie burn is 2000. And on non-exercise days, it's about 1650 on average. You add them all up, you divide them by however many days are included in that total. And that's ends up being about 1650. So you then know that you're burning about 350 calories with your workouts and you can factor that in mentally. So on a day you didn't work out, you can eat a little bit less. On a day you did work out, maybe you do want, maybe maybe that's the day that you go out for pizza or you have a, a drink or something, right? So you can kind of factor that in. Not that you should always eat more when you exercise, but at the same time, you, like the numbers matter, right? So you can pay attention to that. And if you, if the opportunity presents itself, that might factor into your worth of evaluation, Right okay, I exercised today. I'm a little bit, I've got some more wiggle room with my calories. Yeah, I'll say yes to that because that looks really good today. Um, so this, what you're, so what you'll see on the output of your Apple Watch or your Fitbit or whatever your total daily calories burned, that's also a number called your TDEE. This, the watch is not going to talk about it like that, but that's total daily energy expenditure. If you if you wear it from the time you wake up, well, preferably if you wore it for 24 hours straight, um, from midnight to midnight, that would give you your total daily energy expenditure. This takes into account your metabolism, how much it takes for your body to, di to digest food, all of your activity during the day, your exercise, all that stuff is added in. That is how many calories you as a human being moving throughout their day, doing everything you do on an active day, burns that then um we take that's the, we take away calories from that that is the number that we look at to say okay where should my weight loss calories be um 1200 calories for a female is not just the perfect amount of calories it's typically way too low and that's not something that we're looking to we're not the point is not to take away all your calories because that sucks there's nowhere to go from there um, because over time you do have to start to reduce your calories as you lose weight so if you're bottomed out at 1200 from day one where are you going to go? You're going to be ravenous or you're going to stop weight, losing weight or you're just going to get pissed and binge on all the stuff because you're ravenous all the time <laughs> and now you're not losing weight. Um, so we would take about 500 calories a, a day uh, away for aggressive weight loss or 250 for a moderate amount of weight loss. So if you're TDEE from midnight to midnight, all the calories you burned, your watch says 2,000, 1,500 would then be aggressive calories for you or 1,750 would be less aggressive or a little bit more moderate. So more of a, like short, short side note here. Don't worry about cycling your calories. It doesn't have to be that precise. If you set it at just the same amount each time, that's totally fine. Especially if you're working out most days and you're fairly active on your days off, not a big deal. Really, you're going to end up evening out as things go. If you'd like to cycle, you can. Or if you notice on days where you work out, you're a little hungrier, you can you have that, that welcome room. You're welcome to do that. Number two is to track your food regularly by calories. <laughs> I felt like you needed to specify that here. Um, so you know what you're taking in. Yes, track your food. No, you don't have to do it forever. So if you're struggling with this, I encourage you to see it as a temporary thing. But again, unlike a diet or any extreme thing you're doing, you're learning. This is, this is information and education. This is not meant to be deprivation for short-term weight loss. This is information gain. And if you give yourself a month to do this, you might be really, really surprised at what you learn and what you're able to take away just from that short amount of time. The longer you can do it up to a point, I would say past like two years is really not that helpful. Um, but once you get the hang of stuff and you, you kind of are able to estimate your day pretty accurately, um, 
without ever having to track it or with, you know, in your head, you're able to estimate it pretty consistently, then I would say you're doing okay. If you ever have a problem with weight loss, if you're not losing weight like you want to, or you're not breaking your plateau, that is something where I would always, the very first step is to go back to tracking. Because usually what's happened is our portions have increased and we are mentally estimating less food than we're eating. And just by tracking it, period, um, you get a hold of it a little bit better and you're able to just hold yourself accountable to that and your portions go back to where they should be. You're nixing that midnight snack, whatever it could be. So track your food regularly by calories so you know what you're taking in. Um, and again, if you feel like the numbers are difficult for you to deal with mentally and you'd rather track without the numbers, give it two to three weeks of tracking your food most days with the numbers. I'll say that, um, especially weekends here. <laughs> it's easy to be like, oh yeah, I'll just track during the week and I'll not track during the weekends. The weekends are the most important because that's when things are out of routine and things are typically not the same. So I'd say skip tracking. If you're going to not track every day, skip some tracking during the week, especially if you're just in a routine and opt for those days to be weekend days. Yes, it's going to be harder. Yes, you can absolutely do it. Here's a little tough love there. You can take 10 minutes of your day, of your weekend day, specifically, especially if your weekend day, and track your food for the day. It's, it just, I know it's a pain, but if you give it a couple weeks, see it as temporary, know that it is education for you and, and try to see it as that instead of a huge burden, that might be helpful as well. Um, but then if, if you're finding that numbers are really triggering to you, if after those two or three weeks, you just want to write down what you ate and about how much, for example, like two eggs, one piece of whole grain toast, two, two tablespoons of peanut butter, great do that. You're welcome to just do that. Um, so you don't always need to know the numbers, but if your weight loss was down or stops, again, go back to tracking um, the numbers just to see where you're at. Um, also, I would say, I think there's two more points that I have. So one would be to just try to get moving more during the day. If you're looking to lose weight, get moving more during the day. This is so helpful. Sitting is a new smoking. We know that it's not great for us, but it's really hard to get out of the habits that we're in of sitting all day long. I sit for work, like I work at my computer. So I know that it's not easy to get active during the day, especially when all you want to do at the end of the day, right? So maybe you get your workout in and then you're seated all night. You're watching TV, you're eating dinner, you're doing all that stuff. It's really hard to move in our, in this, in just the culture that we have right now. So try to get up and moving more during the day so that you're not feeling like you're having to spend your entire time off work walking around or being active. It just doesn't, you, if you can do it a little bit during the day, it'll add up uh, and it'll really give you some big benefits. So we, I encourage you, we, who's we, I encourage you to find yourself a step goal, but start with where you're at. So if you've got that watch, let's say you bought the watch, know your numbers. If you've got the watch, take a day, don't do any extra walking, just do your thing. And preferably it's better if you didn't think about it <laughs> to see where your baseline is. Like what naturally, if left to my own devices, will I do for my work or will I do for my, my activity? And let's say you're at 2000 steps a day. Well, then you know where to start. 10,000 is not realistic for most people, especially right off the bat. 10,000 steps a day is five miles of walking. <laughs> it's a lot of active walking. I barely did that when we were at a con at a convention all day and I walked literally for eight hours. Like it's not easy to get that many steps. So um, pressuring yourself to go from two to 10,000 steps, number one, you're gonna be exhausted, but number two, you're gonna spend your entire day walking and that's not realistic either because we got jobs. So start small, go from 2,000 to 3,000 or 2,000 to 2,500. You're welcome to bump it up as little as you need. We're not in a hurry to get up, to get our steps up, but we do wanna do it in a way that helps us to keep it as a habit. Let's say you get sick. Okay, so let's say you went from 2,000 to 10,000. Let's say you get sick for a week. Well, that habit is going to be completely, you're going to be back to your 2,000 steps a day because it was such a big jump that it was really hard to maintain and sustain. So as soon as you had a routine interruption, you're back to square one. So starting from two to three, from three to four, from four to five, five to six, six to seven, so on and so forth, until you get to a place where you feel really good. It might take a while that's okay. You're gonna have to get creative with ways that you are moving. You're gonna have to, it, it can be simple. It can be the little things that really add up during the day. So parking farther away, taking the elevator, taking the stairs instead of the elevator, um, doing like going to a bathroom or a, a water fountain that is on a different floor farther away across the building, whatever. Um, walking on your lunch break. If you're walking with a friend, one of my clients says that she walks well, she gets almost 10,000 steps every day, but she walks with a friend on lunch every day. That's amazing. If you can do that, 
go ahead and do that. Finding it's it's about finding little ways to be more active during the day that makes a big difference, especially if you're somebody who's not ready mentally for exercise. That's something that you've got a really big block with exercise of just getting active during the day. And then I'd say the last one is really just that it doesn't have to be complicated. Like you don't have to have this packaged processed food that is branded. You don't have to count points. You don't have to do all that stuff. It's just complicating the point. Uh, everything is measured in calories. Everything is measured in calories. It's just so much more simple if you learn that way than if you learn the entirely different branded Weight Watchers language and then you're stuck, right? Like with your Monopoly money at college, you're stuck when you have to transition to dollars and you don't know how to, you don't even know how to, what does this mean? Why are there dollars? What is this? How does this relate to to my Monopoly money? Well, nobody else counts it that way. So everybody's going to look at you like you're crazy because the rest of the world is over here counting in, in calories and paying attention to just measuring energy and calories, which is exactly what a calorie is. It's a unit of energy. Um, so I don't know if this has been helpful. I think I just talked for an hour. I don't know. Let me know. Uh, but hopefully this has given you a little bit more information on one of the really popular, which seems like a better alternative, but I just, it anything that is a one size fits all program is just probably not for you. And it's not because it's something to do with you. It's the program. Don't settle for something that fits you in a box with a million other people. Why do you want that? We need, we're, we live, we live, we're in an area where you can customize your shampoo. Like you don't even have to buy one size fits all shampoo. You can go to a, an online thing and fill out a survey and it'll tell you exactly what, you know, it'll send you a, a shampoo that fits exactly what your needs are. Your health and weight loss program, program should do the exact same thing. You shouldn't have to fit your life into what they said. Okay, here's your, here's your plan. You're like, oh my gosh, um, okay, I guess I'll change everything up to make this work. Like that's not how that should go. You should have a little bit more customization than that. And that is exactly what focusing on your numbers, understanding what your numbers are and what your next steps look like. That's, you will you will start to know when you just follow the steps, right? Track your food. Well, know your numbers, track your food. If you're overeating, you know that your numbers are, you know that you need to find some way to eat smaller portions or have less, just have, have, fewer meals or snacks or set yourself some eating windows or whatever you want to do. It doesn't really matter how you do it. If you have questions, I'm here to help. Um, but I hope this was helpful in, in even just giving you alternatives too, to knowing, okay, if this is your goal, here's a better way to go about it that is going to be the same amount of effort and energy and it's actually going to save you a ton of money. So the Weight Watchers program too, let me just talk about this really quick. So if you're saying, I don't have I don't have money for a fitness watcher, that seems like a luxury. Well, if you're if you're doing Weight Watchers, you have to pay for the the like subscription to the tracker and the membership fee. So it's not cheap anyways. You're already going to be out at least a hundred bucks to start, if not more. Um, I made that number up. I would just assume that that's where, where things are at. And so you can easily get a great Fitbit for a hundred bucks or a used Apple watch or something that is going to be more helpful for you and not just money down the drain, right? So I've talked for a long time. You are awesome. Thank you for your ears. I'm so glad to be back. Clearly, I can't contain myself. I did not realize this is going to be such a long episode when I wrote it on the plane. I just kept typing and typing and typing and typing and typing, and this is what came out. So thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate your ears. Welcome back to Bounce Pod Pod and February, and I'm excited to hear what you guys want to hear. So have a wonderful week. Thank you for your time. Bye, babe. That's all we've got for our episode today. Thank you for listening. And I want to hear from you. Rate and review the podcast. It's actually the best way to support the show and spread the message. New episodes drop every Monday, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. You can find me on Instagram at thebalancedbody underscore or at balancedbodyhealth.com. Want to work with me? Click the link in the show notes to schedule your free session to see if we're a good fit. And finally, any comments, requests, or suggestions on who or what you want to hear on the show, send them to me via email or on Instagram, and I'll see what I can do. Have a wonderful rest of your week and stay balanced. <music>